Hello everyone, it's Justin Dawson. It's episode 86 of the All Things Techie podcast. And as you can see by the little logo up at the top of the screen, we're talking All Things Integrated Systems Europe, ISE 2024, the 20th year of ISE. Here's the show that loves to talk about gadgets and gizmos, from A-Logic to Yamaha. Cameras to control panels. You get what I mean. We love talking all things techie. In fact, that's the name of the show. And here is your host, Justin Dawson. Yes, indeed. It's episode 86 of the All Things Techie podcast. I am your host, Justin Dawson, talking all things ISE 2024. It's just around the corner, guys. It really is. And if you'd like to get in contact with the program, you can do so by getting in touch with all the details at the bottom of the screen if you're watching on YouTube. And I really, really think if you're listening to the audio podcast, always go back and find us on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Today, I am talking all things Integrated Systems Europe which is happening at the end of January, the beginning of February. And if you haven't booked your tickets, up there, up there, see there? That's a code. You can register for free to ISE 2024 by using the code 4F for Frank, M for Mother, 8J for Juliet or Justin, E for Echo, 3 J for Juliet. That's going to be on your screen um, if you're watching on YouTube throughout this program because I have lined up. It's not easy to get all three people in the same room. I've lined up Mike Blackman, Managing Director of Integrated Systems Events, the guys who organises ISE every year, and David Labuskas. He is the CEO of Avixa, the Audiovisual Integrated Experience Association formerly known as Infocom, if you're that old to remember that. And Daryl Friedman, Global President uh, and CEO of Cedia, which uh, so some people don't even realise those two audiovisual associations, one for residential and one for commercial. We're going to be talking to all three of them. If you like to get in contact or if you want to comment on anything in the programme, you can do so by uh, the social media channels, X, formerly known as Twitter, at Justin or Dawson. The show is at AV Tech Junkies. Uh, you find me on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. And I'm also on Instagram, Instagram, um, Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Love to hear uh, your comments on the program. And also want to also say that... Um, if you're listening to this program, I will be at ISE for the full week. I will be presenting from the Influencer booth um, and doing a show every morning. And I also will be walking around the trade show floors. I have swag to give away. So please do uh, stop me in my tracks if I'm walking anywhere. I hope to be able to stop and take some selfies. So do stop me in my tracks take some selfies i have some competitions running as well and that will all be unveiled in each one of my programs while i'm presenting live in the influencer booth so please do step by the uh, influencer booth uh, details at the bottom of the screen there of where the influencer booth is going to be i believe it's in hall five uh, beside the avixa booth as well so 
First off, Mike Blackman, great to have you back on the All Things Techie podcast. If you haven't met Mike or heard about Mike and his background, there is a previous episode of the All Things Techie podcast where we talk and go behind the spotlight of what how Mike got involved in audiovisual. But Mike, I have to take a trip back to the early stages of ISE. I know we have talked previously and on All Things Techie. And you told me about your life with audiovisual. But here is, I'm, I'm going to embarrass him now. Here is a great photo that's on the website of ISE at the moment of the young, young wannabe accountant of Mike Blackman. It was, uh, it's funny, everyone's picked that up. Uh, it was really strange. I left school and I was always good at math. And economics was one of my favorite subjects. So I thought, what do I do with that? And I thought, oh, listen, I'm going to be an accountant. And I got to play place at university to become a certified accountant. Uh, it's a four-year sandwich course, thick sandwich. You do uh, two years, then you do one year work experience, and then you do your final year. Uh, the university actually said, you need to look for jobs for that year, and you should start doing it now. So I wrote 100 letters by hand. Wow. Well, the accountant days go back to uh, 1982. So, okay. yeah, so... Uh, and it was just something where I thought, you know, it'd be a good career. And um, uh, and then I did some work experience before going to university uh, at Reed International. And um, it was in corporate consolidation. And that was great fun. You know, doing corporate accounts is really interesting project work. But then the, one of the guys in the uh, general accounts department went sick and they asked me to go and sit in there and fill in and um, get some experience of that as well. And every afternoon I was fighting at three o'clock to stay awake. And I suddenly thought, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go and spend the next four years studying to do this. And um, I started to rethink about what I was doing. And uh, um, and then I went to the Financial Times. Uh, and um, yeah, <laughs> Financial Times in um, in uh, the uh, advertising department, foray into my start, start into tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for Personal Computer World magazine. In the old days of people like Felix Dennis and the likes at, uh, with Mac user. So we did with Felix, we did the Mac user show. And I got headhunted by, by um, Montgomery's to actually build the PCW show. Uh, and I became head of the technology division there doing computer and communication shows. We launched Mac user and uh, uh, it was great fun. Then I got headhunted again. Um to go to Germany to set up the the exhibition business for IDG. Then I left them. And then my old boss from IDG came and headhunted me to do this. Now, you have over a thousand boots at ISE 2024. But I still remember reading, Mike, that at the beginning, uh, when you you started uh, ISE, there was only three or four people in the team and we're maybe talking about half a dozen, maybe a dozen boots. Am I correct? We had... um... Uh, we had uh, one guy, Godwin, who did all the operations and logistics. Uh, I did all the sales and marketing, and we had a trainee uh, who helped and did us, and that was it. Uh, and we did all all the accounting. Vixa did all our accounting for us, uh, and um, uh, which meant um, that well, we couldn't get any questions answered till three after three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, of the time difference. So we changed that afterwards. But uh, it was an exciting time doing that first show. Uh, I think one of the things I mentioned is when when we did the first, um, started doing the registration, 
And we got all these people registering from all these different African countries. And I thought, I was thinking, wow, this show is going to be really international. People coming from all over these continents. And, um, and but on the day, we didn't have a single attendee from those areas because it was a way these guys were trying to use it to get visas to get into the countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, we learned from that one. Um, you know, they were paying for training sessions, but it was with stolen credit cards. Uh, and um, it cost us a lot of money with all the refunds afterwards because people were saying, well, you know, that's not that my card. I didn't do this. And um, we had hundreds of um, uh, fees we had to pay back. So we said in the end, OK, we have to be a bit more diligent about this in the future. You know, the, the team grows to a couple of hundred people uh, during the show um, to actually make that happen. But the core things are dealt with by my people who are about 40. They're split between, um, we have an office in Amsterdam still. Uh, we have an office in Munich. We have an office in Barcelona. Uh, we've got um, majority of the marketing team sitting in the UK. We don't have an office there. They all work from home office there. Um, and so we've had this um, um, decentralized organization for some years. Uh, uh, it was actually quite fortunate when, when COVID happened, that we were so used to working uh, using Teams and uh, uh, collaboration tools that it wasn't a big change for us. It just stopped the people in Amsterdam, Munich uh, and Barcelona going into the office and just working from home. And uh, also joining us uh, is David Lebuskus. Thank you, David, once more for joining us on the All Things Techie podcast and uh, talking about ISE 2024 we don't want to keep on revisiting COVID but like COVID was really difficult and I think 2023 of ISE despite walking so much around the trade show floors it felt such a vibe that ISE we are back it felt that way all the way through the actual um event it was great it was it was terrific i think it uh exceeded everybody's expectations it's hard to it's hard to even comprehend uh what it was like back then right i mean it seems so distant and yet it was only six seven months ago eight months ago um the uh, the the excitement that was in the fear the joy to be together the um crowds uh i know many people um were challenged with some of the logistics at that show i i have to admit that um the afternoon of the first day i called my wife and i shared with her that i had spent a day um managing complaints about the line to get into the show and that it had been, therefore, the best day of my life for the last two years. Um, we 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 thought it was bad the you know the staffing and personnel that we have to supply for Mike Blackman, but the king made that even worse. <laughs> so we had the king of Spain, and you know he's a tech fan. He's such a nice guy. Um, you know it was the first time I've ever met a king, uh, and uh, you don't know how to act it. But I was briefed a little bit. You know you don't need to bow. He shakes your hand, etc. But talking with him he makes it so easy and he really loves technology and that was the great thing of um you know he got a briefing we, we chose quite a few exhibitors for him to visit and he got a briefing about those but in between he was pointing out to companies and things they were doing he said oh i know that that's this 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 and this and i think 
Okay, he couldn't have been briefed about this because he wouldn't have known we're walking past this company. I thought that too. He was very well informed. A lot of a lot of times, you know, public figures get briefed right before five minutes before, and they spout off a bunch of things. But he had a true depth of knowledge that um, surprised him. I, I took him to the Lutron booth, and he was interfacing with their uh, executives, and and the king knew about things that were happening in Spain by Lutron. So he was very informed. It was it was great to have him there. Really, it elevated the the conference even more. And we had the president of Catalonia as well, the mayor of Barcelona. So it's just, it's becoming just the events of that moment in time when everybody has to be there. Also joining us on the All Things Techie podcast as we discuss IC 2024 is Daryl Friedman. Daryl is global president and CEO of Cedia. Now, first time joining us on the All Things Techie podcast. So welcome, Daryl. Um, a lot of our listeners wouldn't know very much about Cedia. Um, a lot of people know about Avixa. Cedia being the residential AV um, association globally. But first of all, uh, you're quite new to the role, Daryl. So tell us a bit about yourself. I've only been in this job at Cedia for about two years now. So um, I came from a related but very different industry. I was in the music industry for over 20 years. And um, in that industry, we were very involved in high quality audio, making sure that the consumer can hear music the way the artist intended it. So I was working at the organization that produces the Grammy Awards, and that was always a challenge for us. So when the CD opportunity opened up, I was very excited about this new world. And we're at the really the beginning of the smart home you know, explosion. And um, taking some of my um, my knowledge from the music industry and bringing that, but also learning so much more about everything that is Cedia and everything that has to do with the smart home. So you're coming from a very pressurized environment to, I guess, maybe a similar type of pressurized environment, Daryl, but in a different type of way. The Grammy Awards, that's that's some achievement to be pulling off the Grammy Awards. It's interesting because I think in some ways, you know, the Grammy Awards are an institution that's been around for over 65 years, but the the business model of you know, a, a network television award show is fairly dated. And so I was I was there, I was enjoying it. It was a fun job. And when I saw the opportunity at Cedia, it was really at the beginning of something. And I can see the explosion, the exponential growth that's available to our integrators in the smart home field. That was a little bit more exciting for me. So uh, yeah, it was a bit of a pressure cooker having the microscope under you with the worldwide television show, but um, the CD opportunity was just too good to pass up. And one of my um, portfolios with the Grammys was to oversee the 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 wing that had the recording engineers. So these were guys that were very involved in uh, high quality audio. And so when um, CD was actually asked to endorse an earlier version of, uh, I mean, sorry, the Grammys were actually asked to endorse an earlier version of the Cedia uh, immersive audio training, which we did. So I was very familiar with Cedia. And when the when they contacted me to say, are you interested in, in looking at this position? I said, of course, I, I know Cedia. I love Cedia. So I was already familiar with it. So I'm guessing... You, you say that ISE is pretty new to you, Daryl, but uh, I'm guessing with being involved as a member uh, of Cedia, you did a lot of the infocoms over in the States. And of course, you have your own expo, expo as well. You know, two Cedia expos, uh, one infocom and two ISE. So it's very hard to compare them because in, in the States, ISC, um, the states uh, Infocom and CD Expo are very different. CD Expo really caters to the the home, the residential technology, where Vixa caters to more the um, and Infocom caters more to the commercial sector. But ISC is uh, it's this it's this beast. I mean, it's both commercial and residential. It's gigantic. It's growing. It's it's just the place to be. So I think um, it's just 
kind of blew, blew me away when I went the first time to ISC and this last show was even more impressive. And the one coming up, I think it's going to be really, really groundbreaking and record breaking. Do you find the European trade shows different or, you know, and even your CEDIA Expo over in the States? Well, it's interesting because ISC, um, where CEDIA Expo is very focused on the smart home and residential technology. So I make a point of, you know, obviously it's very busy. It's our show. Um, I have a lot of meetings and events and things, but I make a point that last day of the show to, to actually walk the floor and, and see all the exhibits. At ISC, I really go much more further afield. And what's exciting about ISC is the breadth of um, the technologies and sectors that are represented there. So at ISC, I'll go you know, experience a virtual reality room or I'll go into the commercial sector or the gaming sector. It's just so, so broad. It really is fantastic for anyone to go there and just get a sense, you know, in, in three or four days, you can really get a sense of this broad scope of the uh, systems integration in the AV industry. Really incredible. 30 or 40% of Infocom, I'm talking about Infocom attendees now, but only about 30 or 40% of them go to any other show. The right. only show they go to every year is Infocom. Um, but if they do go to another show, uh, the most common one that's listed is CD Expo. We, we love working with him. I love Daryl. I love working with him. He's a far more pleasant person than Mike Blackman. Yes, you're tuned to the All Things Techie podcast. I'm talking with Mike Blackman, Managing Director of Integrated Systems Events, uh, the ones that organize Integrated Systems Europe every year. David Buskus, uh, CEO of Avixa, and Dara Friedman, Global President and CEO of Cedia. Mike, I'm looking in the, the background um, of your video at the moment, and I see you have a p picture of you with the Pope. But I have to ask you, who has been some of the people that you have met doing these trade shows through the years. What, what's been your highlight? One of the most, I mean, I've been, I think I've been in my career very fortunate to meet really interesting people uh, in my lifetime. Um, the Pope was quite special. That was in 2020, just before um, the start of pandemic. Uh, we had um, uh, a meeting of all the exhibition organizers in uh, Rome. Um, the King of Spain, um, in my old, for my, for my, Sins. I used to organize all the Harley Davidson events in uh, uh, in Europe, and uh, so I've met people like Willie G. Davidson. Close your eyes and try to envision Mike Blackman on a Harley or Dave Labuskus on a Harley. The the former is a lot easier to come to mind. <laughs> now, for people that haven't heard Daryl about Cedia, what is Cedia? Explain explain to the listener that mightn't have heard about Cedia, the Residential Association. About thirty thousand members from companies uh, all over the world, and you know Cedia's job is to be the association for the smart home professional. So essentially, we're there for that residential technology integrator and the manufacturers who support them with those products. Um, you know, our mission is basically advocacy, connection, and education. So with advocacy, it's all about being that voice for the, the smart home, uh, representing our industry in front of the government all over the world, governments all over the world, and just being um, that representative to the designers, and the builders, and architects. Um, connection is really about the trade shows and the events that we do bring people together and that last piece, education, is what you mentioned. We have incredible certifications that are globally recognized now and CNISO accredited. And they really you know, range from uh, cabling and wireling to integration systems to design to networking certification. So quite a breadth of educational offerings. CDA have their own training and certifications too. So explain a bit about, um, I know there's CTS, the CTSD and CTSI with Avixa. But 
What training offerings have you got inside CEDIA? I think the CIT at, at CEDIA, the, uh, the cabling uh, certification, really the, the certification commission did such a great job with that. It really is the foundational work for a lot of different industries, but certainly for the smart home industry in terms of low voltage. And the certification did such a good job that it was globally recognized and accredited by ANSI and ISO. So I think we're seeing a lot more interest in that, and we're going to be promoting that in even, uh, even stronger way to get more people really qualified to do the work. I have a question for you both, uh, David and Daryl. Do you see residential AV and commercial AV overlapping? Like, especially on the fact that for the past couple of years, we were working from home. I think like, yes, you mentioned smart homes, Daryl, but do you think the smart home environment and the work and life environment made the commercial and the residential AV come very close together? I think in some ways that's true. And it, and I think I think it depends, right? Uh, I'm sorry to, to sort of give that um, mm-hmm. soft answer. But um, yeah, I, I mentioned I just came back from Mumbai uh, for our uh, Infocom India show. And um, you look at a marketplace like India and there's, although fastest growing uh, marketplace for AV in the world currently, um, there's a, it would be hard to find an integrator in India that doesn't do um, five events, commercial and residential AV. I think Dave would agree. And I think if he doesn't agree, he'll certainly let me know. But I think um, the there is a little bit of an overlap for both. When you mentioned COVID, I mean, I think COVID was a very illuminating time in our industry because people realized, first of all, they were stuck in their homes, but they realized that their homes could be everything. So I really believe that CDA provided an incredible and really important service during that very traumatic time in our, in our planet when people could actually do the things they need to do from home. So CDA integrators were recognized by the United States government as an essential business. We can continue to work, come in the home and help people connect with their businesses, but not just that. They were connecting with their, their children, connecting with their schools. They were not going to movie theaters. So they had to have AV system set up. They, they were not going to the gyms. So they had to have a home home gym. So all the things that CD integrators do were really kind of illuminated during that pandemic. And I think it showed the possibility of what the smart home can be. There are cases where there's overlap in the sense of, you know, small business, light resident, light commercial work, but sometimes it's referred to as a residential. It's not a universally beloved term, but it does... It does convey that opportunity that, you know, an executive might have a, an integrator work on their home and then say, hey, I love what you did here. Would you do my conference room in the office? Um, mm-hmm. Or uh, a, a restaurant owner saying, hey, I love what you did with the AV in my home. Can you do my restaurant? So there is that overlap, but generally we stay in our lanes. And I think, you know, the smart home is a big enough industry to support the CD integrators, but most of them do a little bit of that like commercial work. So, Daryl, I have to ask, how smart is your smart home? Like, if I say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, um, is that going to set off a load of devices in your house? My home has gotten a lot smarter in the past two years since I've taken this job. You know, actually, when I, when I interviewed the job, they asked me if they had a smart home, and I said, of course. Got a, you know, a camera plugged in here, and a, and a, uh, you know, a music system, multi-room audio system over here, and a smart thermostat. Nothing was integrated. But I didn't know any better, so I thought that was a smart home. Now we're really trying to define that smart home as something that's professionally designed and installed, 
reliable and secure and seamless and easy to use. So somebody just going to a, a store, buying a Google Mini, plugging it in, you know, that's not really the potential of what a smart home can be. Sometimes that gets them interested in it, but we really want people to understand a smart home is truly professionally designed and installed by, by an integrator. And the magic that they can do, the seamlessness and the ease of use they can bring is just something that you can't get by doing it yourself. Smart homes, I, I always believe, Daryl, is more significant in America, where you might be placing in home theaters, but, you know, and and cinema effects like at home. I don't know if that's big in Europe, or would you disagree? The smart home is really for everyone now. And we um, we had an interesting, a lot of discussions at CV Expo this year about the middle market, because I think many people have defined the smart home as luxury and these, you know, giant, a dedicated home theater in your room. But what we're seeing is a lot more interested, interesting uh, projects happening in the middle market, people retrofitting homes, people bringing in better lighting and shading into middle-class homes. And I think that can happen anywhere in the world. And I think, you know, as our population gets older, this residential technology is also going to become more important. I think about my own parents who are aging in place and the needs they have as mobility decreases. So I really think this is for everybody and everywhere in the world. You're going to see more and more of that in the coming years. And you hit the nail on the head there, Daryl. I believe that like smart homes and what you're doing with Cedia, like um, accessibility must play a major part in some of your technicians and members, um, both at home in education. It's a big factor. Many of our integrators are focused on this. Some smart people working on this. There's a lot of a uh, lot of new technologies for accessibility, you know, for the aging population, but also, you know, for your son, he might need a space that's a quiet room that will be, um, you know, modified for his needs. And I think this takes place for anybody with mobility issues. So really, when we think of the smart home, sometimes people go right to that, you know, fancy uh, home theater or the, the, lit, the waterfall that lights up at night, but really accessibility, sustainability, there are so many things that are important to all of us as humans that I think this residential technology can solve. Once more, guys, I want to give you the code if you want to register for uh, Integrated Systems Europe, ISE 2024. The details is on your screen at the moment if you're watching on YouTube. Use the code 4, F for Frank, M for Mother, 8, J for Julius, E for Echo, 3, and the number and the letter J to register. Uh, also, that is my code to get you in, so it, it makes such a difference if uh, you can say that you use this code to get you in for free to ISE 2024. Um, so please do register using this code. And if you have any questions to Mike, Daryl or David, there's the details at the bottom of the screen if you want to get in touch with the All Things Techie podcast. Mike, I have to come back and talk about the ISEs that took place, the local ISEs, one in London, where you gave the cheesiest name to an Irish bar, Eve Olution. Oh, Mike, why, why, why? <laughs> Listen, you know, it was a, it was a trying time for all of us, right? And I think um, the, you know, the exhibitor, uh, when you, when you look at a show, you've, you've got, you're essentially creating this artificial temporary marketplace between buyers and sellers. And, um, you have to meet the needs of both as the organizer. Um, and none of us knew what was going on, right? As bad as that pun might have been for you, it was 
better than an online trade show, right? You're tuned to the All Things Techie podcast. Uh, I'm Justin Dawson. Remember, register. Register for ISE using the code above um, if you're watching on YouTube. I'll read it again if you are listening to this podcast. 4, F for Frank, M for Mother, 8, J for Juliet, E for Echo, the number 3, and J for Juliet if you want to register for free for ISE 2024. Guys, I have to ask you a question. It's 20 years of ISE, and I know all three of you have been involved in the audiovisual business for quite some time now. Um, what has been one of the things that AV products or software that you have taught really ca- would catch on but didn't? Or things that caught you by surprise with AV technology? I know that's a, a loaded question. Mike, let's start off with you. Now you've asked the question. Um, you know, looking on the, the centralized media service for uh, delivery of film uh, at home, that's something which I thought at the time, oh, that's really cool, that's going to happen. But there were so many licensing issues with that that uh, it hasn't really taken off. And with the, uh, the advent of Netflix and uh, the fact you get everything streaming, uh, has made that market a little bit difficult. Um, what else? You know, the, the 3D without glasses uh, TV stuff they had before where uh, it was not the greatest. Um, I mean, that's changing, though. A visit uh, two weeks ago, um, a company called Lavinia in uh, Barcelona, and they put in a virtual studio using the Unreal Engine. And um, can you imagine... So before they were sh- they were actually shooting a, an, um, an advertisement for Seat, and uh, they had the car sitting there. And the first question I asked them was because I saw the setup and they had three walls, um, and they had a lead wall on the ceiling. And I thought and I looked and I said I understand the three walls there, but why the lead wall on the ceiling? And uh, they said to me, "You see that bonnet there." When we were filming, it shows reflection. And then they showed me things that I thought, wow. They said before when they were shooting at a car advertisement like this, they would be, you know, um, a couple of weeks. They get suddenly the light changes because a cloud comes. They have to stop and redo it. Or the weather changes. They have to pause things for a couple of days. Um, So they don't have that problem anymore. What used to take them three weeks, they do in two days now. Mm -hmm. They've got it in the studio. um, And they showed me. They said, so... The, can you imagine that the customer comes in and he said, ah, oh, that road's a bit too narrow. Tap, tap, tap. They make the show, the road wider. Oh, what does it look like if it's raining? Tap, tap, tap. Change it. The whole scene is with rain. Daryl, I'm going to ask you the same question. What what, what has been a, an item or software or hardware in audiovisual that you thought has revolutionized audiovisual in the past 20 years? Well, you know, careful asking me that question. I thought the internet was a fad, so uh, <laughs> I may not be the best person, but certainly multi-room audio, which is something that's it's now expected in every home. I mean, you do, there was a time when, you know, and I missed to some extent, I think we all missed the, the needle drop of a turntable and I still have a turntable and we still use it. But the idea that you can entertain this way um, is, you know, sort of the, the multi-room audio, which is something that I think has been game-changing for homes in the past 20 years. I think what the next 20 years um, we're going to see is, is is lighting. I mean, lighting is not just about ambiance. It's not just about um, productivity. 
It's about your well-being, and it's so tied to um, our health. And so I think this kind of circadian lighting is sometimes talked about, where you can really bring the outdoors in and really have your body in sync with the way it was supposed to be before the electric light was invented, when we were completely in sync with the sun. The new lighting systems that are coming, um, some already in the United States, like Ketra, uh, that will be coming to the rest of the world. I mean, I think you're going to see those be a game changer for people's enjoyment of their homes, but also their health. The technology is changing daily, and our integrators are the ones who can really keep track of that for the homeowner and bring that expertise. And, you know, when an integrator goes into a home, they're not asking them what products they want or what uh, system they want. They're asking what their needs are. And then they can, you know, they can know what the latest technology is that maybe was announced the day before and bring that into the homeowner's life and make their lives better. So it's a pretty uh, rewarding experience with this technology changing as exponentially quickly as it is. And of course, uh, the main keynote speaker, Mike, for ISE 2024 has been confirmed uh, when we cut the ribbon and uh, we have the first keynote speaker. Um, I saw um, Charmaine Obey-Chinoy. I saw her deliver a keynote that just blew me away. She started off, she's, she's an amazing person. She started off, uh, I think at about 15, decided she wanted to be a journalist. And um, having written some stuff, she then went to the editor of the New York Times and said, well, she wrote to him and said, I want to write this article for you. And he said, well, come and talk to me. He gave her a chance and, um, uh, and um, he was impressed and he gave her a job. Uh, and she became quite successful as a journalist. And, uh, and then she got bored, well, didn't bored, but she said she wanted to do more and uh, decided she wanted to be a documentary maker, uh, making films. And um, her first uh, successful film was The Girl in the River. And it was about um, the honor killings that uh, happened in Pakistan. And the result of her film was that they changed the law on how they deal with this. Um, and uh, then she made another one uh, from about the translators in Afghanistan who were left behind after all the allies left uh, and were being really ostracized, killed, all sorts of things happening to them um, after the Afghan war by the Taliban. Um, and the result of that film, that documentary was that the UK um, went back and gave visas to those uh, translators and brought them over and some, some other countries as well. But when you listen to the sort of things she's been doing and her mindset, you think, wow, she's really, she's a great presenter in how she presents her stories, but she's got great stories to tell. Um, but the exciting thing as well is how she's actually creating content, uh, the content she's creating, but how she's creating it. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing I think excites most people, she made Miss Marvel for Disney. Uh, and um, and now she's going to be making next year the she's going to be the Star Wars director. Well, I think we can all agree that the Fira in Barcelona has been so much easier to navigate than the Rai, where you just get lost. It's like a big Tetris building um, when you're trying to find uh, a booth or an exhibition hall. The space in the Fira, like, how do you go about? moving from Amsterdam to Barcelona and seeing an empty shell and going, hey, that makes a great place for to, to hold an ISE. Oh, well, there's, there's a lot of people that work for me in one organization or another that have forgotten far more about how to evaluate a venue than I'll ever know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, at a, at a sort of my level, you want to understand the capacity for growth you want to understand 
um, the logistical um, sort of simplicity or complexities that are created by the design of the building. Um, you want to understand the city, the host city itself. Um, an extraordinary venue in a city that has 12 hotel rooms uh, is going to be a challenging place to hold an event the size of our events. Paying a certain amount to be there, the exhibitors, uh, us, uh, you. Um, so you have to weigh out what are the um, what are the total costs of delivering an event. You want to look at transportation um, and the ability to get to and from that city, uh, particularly with an event the scale of ISE and global travel in. Um, uh, frankly, that was one of the disadvantages of Barcelona is um, we all know that it's much easier to fly in and out of Amsterdam than it is to fly in and out of Barcelona. I think yeah. I think that will evolve and change. I think Barcelona is continuing to and is in strong partnership as a city with the FIRA to continue to build that expo business. And that will, you know, drive demand for airfare, which will drive supply in, in the in the rye at the widest aisles we always had one center aisle in each hall that was four meters wide and every other aisle was only three meters what we've been able to do at uh, fira is the center aisle is actually five meters because that's where the congestion has been um so in every hall there's a center aisle that goes right all, all the way down the middle it's five meters wide and all the others are uh, four meters we wanted to create more space to make people feel more comfortable um you know, we, we're we're uh, it's a problem of the success we bring when we attract so many good people uh, that we we make it uncomfortable. And this was one opportunity to actually make it more comfortable and acceptable for our customers. Well, I think it's going to get it's going to be a bigger show than you've ever seen. I think the um, residential component will be much stronger, so we'll see more of that technology, which of course is interesting to us. Hall two, um, hall two is essentially where. We live and we have a lot of the residential technology. We also have the smart home stage, which we're excited about. We launched last year. This year, we'll be doing our annual meeting at ISE to show what a global organization we are. And of course, our conference, I think, is going to be really um, the best it's ever been. Everything from you know technical training for the technicians to themes and trends for the business owner to, to business training and finance. So really, it's going to be a very comprehensive conference, uh, educational conference for anybody who's working in residential technology. Now, the Influencer Booth, where I will be uh, for most of the week at ISE 2024, it is not in Congress Square anymore, Mike. It has been moved to one of the exhibition halls, close to Vixa as well. Um, I think the great thing is you listen to us influencers, and we wanted to be more closer to uh, participants walking by in the trade show halls. Um, you know, you said that uh, the Congress Square is nice, but a bit too crowded and not really the right place for this. And we said, okay, hall four is all about content creation. So this is where it belongs. We realized the value of guys like yourself. And we said, okay, you know, rather than you have to lug things around, let's, let's create a place that you can actually say, okay, that's our home. Uh, we can work from here. And it was a uh, Michael Freda, my uh, director, senior director of sales, the one who wanted to push us to make the idea. I love to claim things myself, but unfortunately, I say I have people in my organization who are better, better than me on things like this. So, and they said we should actually have an influencer lounge and actually create something. And 
it was much more successful than I ever imagined it would be. So we're making it better and putting more things in there. And of course, Mike, there is a quirky competition that's going on. Um, I see you have customized runners or sneakers, as the Americans would say, uh, for ISE 2024 uh, by one of the Spanish, uh, I believe, trade show boots that are customized runners for uh, for people and, and companies. But you have the ISE 2024 runner and we're going to be asking... How many steps do you think Mike Blackman takes per day? I started doing this two years ago. Uh, the company that does them is a Spanish, it's a Barcelona company. And uh, they approached us and we said, oh, that's cool. Uh, and um, um, I don't know who, who came up with the idea originally and saying, uh, you know, I think, well, they they said, oh, how far does Mike Blackman walk? And um, and then someone said, oh, that could be a challenge. And I, so I said to them, hey, that sounds cool. Why not? I know what I walked last year, so I'm not telling you. And I'm going to give it away. Um, there are a lot of people walk further than I do. <laughs> but um, I, I'm looking and thinking, couldn't we create some sort of charity contribution for this or do something good out of it? Um, I don't know if that's possible. Would people go for it? What do you think? Daryl? Would you challenge Mike and David? Would you challenge Mike to uh, the step count at ISE? I would never say that I take more steps than Mike. I would never say I work harder than Mike. Um, no, I, I think um, that man is everywhere, all over every one of those halls constantly. Um, but I'm looking forward to trying to keep up with him if that's even possible. But um, I'm also just excited. It's the 20th anniversary, even though I wasn't around for 20 years. Uh, to see it from its birth, I'm just excited that it's reached this milestone and that we're all going to be celebrating this important this important event for this industry. So I'm going to ask each one of you guys, uh, first of all, you are tuned to the All Things Techie podcast. I'm talking with David Lebuskus, uh, from CEO of Avixa, Daryl Friedman, CEO of Cedia, and Mike Blackman, Managing Director of Integrated Systems Events the guys that organize ISE 2024 and Mike has been involved in organizing ISE for the past 20 years. Um, I have to ask each one of you, what is an average day for you guys at ISE? Like explain what happens when you step inside the halls of the fear. As I said, I'd like to look far afield from the residential hall and just see the technologies that are happening outside of my industry. Um, last year, I was really excited by the virtual reality um, piece. And, you know, you never know where Mike Blackman's going to pop up. I mean, Mike, um, I talked to Mike my first year at ISE. I had this long conversation with him. I didn't realize the whole time I was talking to his hologram. So um, I'm going to be a little bit more um, astute this time. And because I always wondered how Mike could be in two places at once. And I realize a lot of these are just holograms of him. So we're looking forward to seeing what Mike has in store for us. You know, I think it's, um, I think I experienced those events in a very similar fashion to most of the people in that, um, of course, there is value and um, a, a unique opportunity to see manufacturer solutions, see uh, what the new products are that are coming to market, get a chance to really understand both the present and the future of the technology of the audiovisual industry, but uh, more and more, uh, the real value in an event like that is the face-to-face -to -face time together and the opportunity to um, reinforce relationships, to establish new relationships, 
Um, I've, I've heard, you know, exhibitor uh, executives share with me that the meetings that they can hold in those four days are the equivalent of six months or a year of travel. And it's the same for me. So yes, I, I um, you know, we're anticipating over 50,000 people there this year. And um, I'll meet not with 50,000 of them, but it feels like it by the end of the show. So <laughs> the, the show environment like that is um, a, a mix of doing business and being a good host, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in many regards, um, Daryl and Mike and I and all of our teams feel that um, we're hosting a, a gathering of um, incredibly important people to us. And we feel the same way as when you have family and friends to your home and uh, want you to uh, have a great experience and to recognize how important you are to us. And uh, the easiest way to do that is to show up. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's their busy days, but um, uh, n- none of us, um, none none of us that are involved in the delivery of that show, I think, uh, regret those days. Uh, it's their their eighteen hour days with you know breakfast meetings, sometimes starting at six or six thirty, or meeting with an influencer or press and. And of course, we're we're entertaining and attending social and networking events until midnight, one, two o'clock. Now, I've been to about three or four of the ISEs in Amsterdam. And then after COVID and last year going to Barcelona, and it just felt different the moment you stepped off the plane. You were in Barcelona, you're seeing signs everywhere for ISE and even the the main road going up to the Fira, you see um, signs on every lamppost saying ISE. And I always think that you don't need to see an audiovisual guy wearing a lanyard saying Integrated Systems Europe. You just know an AV professional going towards ISE. You know, last year we started a new, um, we, we we introduced an entire new process whereby um, Avixa is sort of leveraging our core strengths and allowing Mike to le- leverage his core strengths and have really engaged with and are now uh, managing the content of the event. And so the all of the, um, between Cedia and Avixa, we're um, coordinating and facilitating and managing um, all of the conference infrastructure i've been i was really excited last year to see it delivered with the level of acceptance that it had and i'm really uh looking forward to seeing how that portion of the show evolves um this is not a turn the switch and suddenly um you have um compelling content that can't be missed um but i i think we're this is another potential value to attending that has been um, underutilized at ISE. Um, I think a lot of people, when they picture Infocom, look at Infocom as a big opportunity to take classes and to learn and, and to be refreshed at a technical level and less of that at ISE. And, and I've often been told that that is because that's just not the way things are in Europe. Um, 
that you have conferences and you have trade shows and the two shall never meet um, or rarely meet. And uh, I'm interested in seeing whether or not more relevant, aligned, intentional content um, provides an opportunity to deliver a whole new layer of value for that experience there. Um, I, 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 I love the crowd. Of course, the crowd is great. Uh, and more people is better than less people. Um, but only to a point, uh, there is a, there is a true, um, there's a truism there around the quality of the attendee and, um, ensuring that we bring, uh, meaningful, attenders attendees slash buyers uh, and provide them with an opportunity to have a meaningful experience with the exhibitors um, otherwise it's a it's a trip to it's a trip to disneyland that you do once because you want to see it and then it doesn't deliver value well don't forget the all things techie podcast will be at ISE uh, all week long and um, if you like to sponsor and advertise on uh, the All Things Techie podcast, there is limited amount of spaces still available. Uh, you will have the opportunity to have your name listed or logo listed on the bottom of the screen like now, uh, because we'll be doing podcasts and live shows every day. Uh, we also will have a dedicated web page um, on the All Things Techie podcast website, allthingstech.ie dedicated to Integrated Systems Europe, ISE 2024, where you will be able to watch any videos that you have missed. Uh, we will be streaming on LinkedIn. We will be streaming on YouTube. And uh, if you need a media kit, uh, a media pack uh, of the All Things Techie podcast, just get into contact with the program. The details are on the bottom of the screen. And don't forget, if you haven't registered, there's the code to register for free for ISE 2024. So, guys, how big is this birthday cake going to be on the opening day of ISE 2024? I think it needs to be big because it's going to be feeding, even if we just use it for the staff party, it's got to feed a couple of hundred people. So <laughs> we've got some exciting things planned. Planned. They're still in, we're still trying to finalize uh, some contracts, but we really have some exciting things which are going on in the show as well as outside the show as well. You know, we want to make sure the city's happy with us. Um, you know, one of the things of being in Barcelona, we disrupt the city being there. You know, uh, and uh, we need to make sure that the occupants, the, the people who are living there daily, don't uh, start to resent us. So at the moment, they like the fact that ISE is coming to Barcelona. They like what we're contributing to the city. Uh, they like having us there and they're, they're welcoming us. When we take over, when we move in, we take over the venue and we have to have it branded ISE. People should know ISE is happening in this venue. You come to Barcelona and you know ISE is happening in this city because mm -hmm. they're putting us everywhere. And that's a really nice touch. Um, we had offers to do a lot more at the airport uh, and um, we're looking at that in the future. Welcome desk, maybe registration at the airport in the future. Um, so that as soon as you come into the country, you know, land there, you will see ISE. That's, uh, you know, let's say in the future. It won't happen there for ISE 24, but maybe 25 or 26. We'll see. Uh, you know, make sure you have your, um, you know, must do's, want to do's, would be like to do's. Um, yeah. uh, you know, my, my calendar, you talked about that early in this conversation, I, I is color coded with events I have to go to 
events I uh, want to go to and events that are going on that would be cool if nothing else is happening. And yeah. I need to have them all in my calendar so that I can, can, if I'm, if I look down and I see that I have 15 minutes free, I want to be able to use it to its maximum value. Sometimes uh, my other piece of wise old man advice is sometimes the best utilization of that 15 minutes is just to sit down and, um, and reflect and, and, or catch your breath or drink a bottle of water, um, because it is draining on people and you do need to maintain your energy level. Mm -hmm. I guess the final thing I'd like to suggest also for those that come is recognizing that somebody in that FIRA is going to be there for the first time. And um, they're gonna, they're gonna not know anybody and they're gonna be interested in learning something or meeting someone new. And, um, at the risk of, of sounding too, too greeting card-ish, um, the world could use some kindness. And so, uh, you know, make a new friend by introducing yourself to a stranger because they're an AV person or they wouldn't be there. You have something in common. Um, and, you know, that's, let's use this opportunity to be together to, to recognize that, you know, if our industry is about connecting people to people, um, it's about delivering and creating experiences. And, and it really isn't too bold to say that as an industry, we can change the pe way people experience the world. And, and that's an opportunity and in, in my humble opinion, an obligation um, for our industry. And we should, we should take that time to do that. Well, thank you to David Labuskas to Mike Blackman and to Dow Friedman for joining us on episode 86 of the All Teens Techie Podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with the program, the details are on the bottom of your screen. Register for free to ISE 2024. The code is at the top of the screen. I'm Justin Dawson. Really looking forward to ISE 2024. I know it's only it's still a couple of months away, but you still have to register. So please do so. And I, I shall talk to you in the next podcast. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Techie Podcast. Part of the Extreme Media Network. Follow us on Twitter at AV Tech Junkies. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our show on YouTube by visiting youtube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Previous episodes of our show can be found on our official site, www.allthingstech.ie. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. Thank you.